Today's scripture is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. In the weeks that lead up to Advent each year, pastors and worship planners have decisions to make about how they are going to proceed through this unique time of year. Advent, after all, is not Christmas, but a season of preparation for Christmas. A time to reflect on the sense of waiting and expectation that defined not just those living at the time of Jesus' birth, but that also defines us as believers looking for the kingdom to come in its fullness. Regardless of what we know about the season of Advent and what it is and how it should be handled in our churches, that there are a prescribed set of scriptures to be meditated upon week upon week, that there are a few Advent hymns to be sung, and that there is plenty of time to hear the Christmas scriptures and to sing Christmas hymns on and after Christmas Eve when it is appropriate. Sometimes we decide that it is right and good to go ahead and crack open the Christmas texts and hymns a little early to go along with the beautiful lights and decorations that already adorn our worship space. 
This is one such year, and you will see it happen over the next several weeks. Pastor Arthur, along with Pastor Reed and myself, really felt that this year had definitely been a year in which we had spent considerable time already meditating upon watching and waiting and are likely more than primed and ready to dig into the good news a little bit earlier than might be liturgically correct. We decided to do this by spending time on each of our Advent Sundays in one of the Gospels, looking specifically at how each Gospel writer chose to open the story of Jesus. And I'm excited about this approach, one that was shared with us by Pastor Reed. This is something he's done in one of his churches before. And I'm excited about it because it gives us an opportunity to look at each gospel's distinct point of view and their approach to telling the greatest story of all time. And they are all beautifully different from one another. So today, as you notice, we start with the gospel that is the most distinct from the other three, the Gospel of John. Clement of Alexandria said that other Gospels set forth physical things while John wrote a spiritual Gospel. Augustine said that the other Gospels were of the flesh, but John was the Gospel of the Spirit. John Calvin said the other Gospels reveal the body of Jesus while John reveals the soul of Jesus. Now, despite what these men have said and how their thoughts might resonate with our own experience of the Gospel of John, Mark Allen Powell, who accumulated those thoughts in his New Testament textbook, points out that John's Gospel is not really less concerned with earthly matters than the other three, And in truth, all four Gospels are concerned with spiritual things. But the Gospel of John is different in content and in style. And it is true from the very first words as we see in this poetic opening that we heard in today's scripture. Unlike Luke and Matthew who open their stories, as we will see in the weeks to come, with narratives about the people and places surrounding Jesus' birth, and unlike Mark who opens the story with John the Baptist's preparatory ministry, John starts at the beginning, the very beginning. John directs the reader's mind back to the start of the Bible with words that echo those of Genesis. In the beginning. John wants his readers to know that Jesus is more than a man whose earthly story began with angelic pronouncements, unlikely pregnancies, and an unusual birthplace. John wants his readers to know that Jesus is the word who was there from the beginning, the very beginning, the word that was with God, the word who is God. John wants us to know that Jesus is part of the creative power that spoke the world into being. John wants us to know that Jesus is divine, but also very much human, flesh and blood, incarnate in the world. It is truly a beautiful headline for the whole of the story of God that we find in the scriptures, is it not? 
The Bible looks, at first glance, to be a collection of stories about God's people. John's gospel, particularly at its opening, reminds us that the Bible is much more than that. The stories of God's people are part of the wider narrative about how God rescues his people and enters into covenant with them again and again. The Bible is God's story, one that is divine and human, just like Jesus. The Bible is God's story, and God's story is found both in between the covers of the Bible and ongoing in time, beyond what could ever be captured in any book. As the author of John himself will write at the very end of the gospel, but there are also many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. There is so much to be absorbed in today's scripture. So much we could explore. The concept of Jesus as the word, the themes of light and dark, which you see all throughout John, begin right here. The fixing of John's part in the story as witness. The idea that the very world that the word made did not know him or accept him. The blessing that is the spiritual adoption into God's family that we receive upon believing. That expression there of grace upon grace. All of this is beautiful and worth digging into. And I encourage all of us to spend time in these verses this week, letting them flow over us and into us and then out of us. But the verse that I really want to focus on this morning is verse 14. Would you say it with me? Do you have your bulletins? And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. And the word became flesh and lived among us. Eugene Peterson translated the Bible in a version called The Message that puts it this way, and I think it gets your brain thinking in a little different way when you hear it. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The word moved into the neighborhood. Yes, Jesus moved into the home of Joseph and Mary, into the carpenter's shop of his father, and into the countryside villages and cities of his day. But hear it, Jesus moved into the neighborhood our neighborhood, your neighborhood. Think about your neighborhood growing up. Can you see it? Maybe smell it? Hear it? <clears throat> Maybe even taste it? Jesus is there. And what about the neighborhood you currently live in? Do you see Jesus there too? Do you hear him? because he's there. Homiletics professor Dr. Frank Thomas talks about this so beautifully. I want to share kind of a long passage with you from him. 
He says, when Peterson says that the word was made flesh and moved into the neighborhood, I hear that the word moved into my neighborhood. The word was made flesh and moved next door in my neighborhood. My neighborhood was not very affluent, lower middle class working people trying to pay the bills and raise their kids. There was not much money in my neighborhood and it was not fit for the cosmic word of God, but Jesus moved into my neighborhood anyway. The beauty of this text is that Jesus moves into every neighborhood from barrio street corners to Gold Coast condos, from ghetto projects to suburban mansions, from the streets of South Central to the affluence of Palm Springs, from war-torn Africa to the extravagance of Dubai. The word Jesus, he says, dwells with us all in all of our neighborhoods. The word dwells with us all in all of our neighborhoods. What a beautiful headline to the good news. What a beautiful place to start our Advent journey. A journey that culminates not at that holy manger, but at the heavenly banquet of Jesus. While we wait, let us not forget that Jesus is among and within us, dispensing grace upon grace shining light where there was darkness, calling us to take a place in his family as preachers of the good news, as ministers to friend, neighbor, and stranger, as those who have seen the glory of God and are forever thankful, eternally blessed, and who cosmically and mysteriously carry a touch of the divine within us. Come a new almighty word this Advent season. Lead us to walk as children of light and life in your name and to your glory. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful this morning for the view that the author of John gave us into the story of Jesus. There are so many beloved stories that we will hear over the next few weeks that tell us of specifics and of special people. But it is good to be reminded as we enter into this time of the big, big picture of which Jesus is a part. And the part of the picture that we are a part as well. We thank you for coming into our neighborhoods over and over again. Help us to go out into the world, Lord, to take you there afresh and anew. In your name we pray. Amen.